Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 5th, and our reading comes from 1 John chapter 5. Beginning in verse 1, John says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Man, what a powerful statement. So John begins by saying once again, That true faith is recognizing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, placing our faith and trust in Him. And when we've done that, we want to obey. The way that we show God our love is we embrace His commandments. Why would we do that? Because the ministry and life of Jesus convinced us that God loves us. He has acted so sacrificially and generously on our behalf. We want to obey him because we're convinced he is good, that he loves us, he's with us, he's inviting us into our best life. So his commands are not a burden to me, they're actually a blessing to me. His commands are not hurting me, they're protecting me. His commands empower me to experience my best life. And so even when I don't understand, even when it's hard, even when it requires a sacrifice, I'm trusting, I'm living by faith. God is good. He's for me. I want to obey because I'm convinced he is acting on my behalf. Furthermore, when we trust in Christ, we're saved, which doesn't just mean our eternal destination changes, but our heart changes. And as John has said throughout this book, the Spirit of God has come to live inside of us. And the Spirit of God in us is moving us, compelling us to follow after Jesus. And that's part of what makes it easy, right? It's like Jesus is carrying us in a direction. We're not fighting and trying to do it On our own, the Spirit of God is in us and working in us and in our circumstances and in our hearts and in our relationships to move us towards Jesus. Verse 6, Jesus was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water and by shedding His blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with His testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. So in this passage, it's a little confusing, but John is touching on three baptisms. The first baptism, when we place our faith and trust in Christ, is we're washed in the blood of Jesus. We're baptized into Christ. We're immersed into Jesus. And that's what the word baptism means. It means to immerse. So first, we're immersed into Jesus. Secondly, because we're immersed in Jesus, we're baptized 
by water. We're immersed into water, not to save our souls or to wash away our sin, but as a public declaration of our faith in Christ and as a picture and experience for us and for those who are witnessing our baptism, that we have died, we've been buried with Christ, and we've been resurrected with Christ to new life. And then the third baptism is a baptism of the Spirit, where the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us and empowers us to live a new life. Verse 11, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. So we don't receive new life or eternal life through religion or works or our our will. We receive it by faith in Jesus. Verse 13, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life and we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. I love that, right? When we believe in the Son of God, we have eternal life. So John says, I'm writing all this down so that you will know how to have eternal life. And so you'll be convinced by this knowledge, this understanding that you are saved, that you are a child of God, that you have eternal life. And therefore, when we pray, we're confident that God is for us, that he is our father. And because of this work that he's done in our hearts and because of the grace and generosity he's shown us, we pray for what pleases him. And when we pray for what pleases him, The answer is yes, we can trust him. Verse 16, if you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. But there's a sin that leads to death. And I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. In other words, John is saying there is some sin as a believer that I can get involved in that God would take me out of the world in order to actually protect my soul and the heart and soul of the people in my life that my sin could potentially hurt. So John says this, when you see people in sin, let's pray for them. And remember what Paul said in Galatians, when you see a brother in sin, let's come to him, let's encourage him, let's let's try to help him get on the right path again. But here John says, if he gets too far off the path, If he's involved in a sin that leads to death, that is so severe, it becomes unredeemable. Sometimes God will take us out of this world in order to protect our soul and the heart and soul of people we love. Verse 18, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we're the children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil ones. We've talked about this several times in John, but ultimately he says, we can't claim to be Christians and continue in sin. We cannot claim to be walking in the light and at the same time living in the darkness. The light dispels the darkness in our life. And then he closes with this verse, verse 21, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place 
in your hearts. Man, what an man, I could preach a whole sermon on this idea. When we live in American culture in the midst of all of our prosperity and our busyness and all the noise and all the distractions and all the entertainment and all the comfort and all the safety, if we're not careful, we get so caught up in all of that that our heart drifts towards the world, drifts towards all of that stuff, and our love for the Father diminishes. So if I'm going to cultivate my love for God, this is just a reality. We have to limit. We have to, we have to have some boundaries. We have to understand how to live with margin and to say no. This is why fasting is important and silence and solitude. There's some things we have to limit so that we can cultivate our love for God. Because if I'm too overindulgent in the world, and I'm not talking about immorality and, and things that we would normally consider sinful. I'm just talking about normal stuff, busyness, noise, sports, entertainment, comfort, vacations, all of the, just all of the stuff that in the world we get caught up and distracted by. If we're not careful, we're so caught up and so distracted that we lose our capacity to cultivate our love for Jesus. And so we have to create some limits. We have to say no to some things to create the space in our hearts and the time in our schedule, and the quietness in our spirit in order to cultivate this relationship. And you know, that's true for all relationships. I mean, I think about my marriage. Even in my marriage, if I'm too busy to cultivate my marriage, then what you could say, what John would say is, you're so caught up in the world that your love for Tina has diminished. And John would say, you got to be careful about that. So that applies to all of our relationships and certainly our relationship with God. We have to give it first place. Let's cultivate that relationship. Let's give God the first part of our day. That's what this podcast is all about. Let's make sure that we're cultivating that relationship and then we can enjoy the world without being captivated by it, without being intoxicated by it, without being distracted by it, without being enslaved and destroyed by the world. We can enjoy the world because we're in love with God. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this word. I thank you so much for First John and all that it's taught us and, and the way you're helping us to, to cultivate our soul and to strengthen our relationship with Jesus. So God, we want to give you first place. I thank you for every person listening. God, they're listening to this podcast because they want to begin their day with Jesus. Help us all to do that. Help us to grow and to strengthen our love for you so that we can be free from this world and God experience really our best life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.